Hi folks, be sure to visit my website at dr-history.com for a short personal video message, to listen to the latest stories, and to leave a comment. I honestly would feel totally lonesome if this guy wasn't on the program on Tuesdays because he does such a wonderful job taking us back to the great food and delicacies of the Old West and how pure and beautiful and wonderful the water was and everything else. Dr. History, how are you? Good morning, Zeb. I'm doing great. Nice day out there. And we're not going to have any food stories, are we? No food at all. Okay. Well, now, last week was a good program. Every week is a good program. What are we going to talk about today we're going to talk about a man that you probably met because you know it was back in the 1800s oh thank you all right i'll get even (laughs) it's the remarkable petrified man petrified man you're talking somebody that you're gonna yeah okay you ready for this i'm ready all right okay so late uh 19th century you know 1800s a phenomenon known as the remarkable petrified man surfaced in the backcountry of montana really now this marvel captured the imagination of the montana people because it's so weird and bizarre so Anyway, during the summer of 1899, an enterprising young Montanan developed a plan to extract the coins, and I uh, say that delicately, of Yellowstone National Park visitors. In other words, he was going to try to fleece them. His name was Tom Dunbar, and his scheme involved two horses and a wagon, a wall tent, his camping equipment, and a very curious curiosity. A curious curiosity. Curious curiosity. Hmm. So, first, in the Mammoth Hot Springs area up there in Yellowstone, you've been up there, uh, the Upper Geyser Basin, amid some of the world's most amazing natural wonders, oh, uh, yeah. Dunbar daily exhibited Quote, the remarkable petrified man. Now, what are you talking about? Oh, we'll get there. (laughs) (laughs) So, access through the tent flap into this, uh, I guess you could call it a sanctuary, the extraordinary, and it cost 25 cents for adults and 10 cents for these kids that were just amazed. Now, in return for this little bit of uh, fee, the tourists viewed a gray-brown rock-like form displayed laying on its back on a platform of pine boards and horses, uh, sawhorses. And he quickly concluded that the thing was petrified because Dunbar, in the course of his presentation, took a club, okay, and he hit the body with resounding whacks. Whack. And I co- quote that. Took a club and, and it says here, biffed it over the body with resounding whacks. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I'm, I'm kind of lost here for a minute. Pardon me. It was a, it was a man? Yeah. Laying there on, this pine, on these pine boards. And this guy says okay. it's a petrified man. Petrified. So to prove it, he takes a board and whacks the body. And you hear it like if you were hitting rock. Okay. Uh, keep going, please. All right. Yeah. So, the petrified man is 5 feet 8 inches in height and weighs 365 pounds. Oh, this guy was a Pillsbury <laughs> doughboy. His hair was perfectly marked. Two teeth protruded from the lips. Vein markings are visible in the skin. And his hands are tied across the chest with a petrified thong. One leg is slightly drawn up and part of one foot has been broken off. In recovering the fossil from its place of semi-burial, a bullet head in his forehead indicated the cause of death. 
Okay. Now that was that. I, I'm quoting that from a newspaper article uh, that describes that. Okay. okay. Now, during the late summer of 1899, interest in Dunbar's spectacle spread through Montana's newspaper network. Uh, most newspaper men remained kind of skeptical, as you and I would be, of the authenticity of the quote remarkable petrified man. So, to one New York reporter, Dunbar explained the origin of this treasure, uh-huh. which incidentally was earning thirty-five dollars a day for him on a busy day. That was good money. That back was then. really good money. Thirty-five bucks, yeah. Holy so here, here's what the the reporter said, and I'm just going to read this because he explains it. Uh, uh, two years ago, 1897, uh, I came from the Bitterroot Valley, do, talking about this Dunbar guy. Okay? Yeah. I came from the Bitterroot Valley to do some trapping and hunting in the Fort Benton area. One day in low water, I was working along the Missouri River, a ways below the town. I was looking for tracks and trap sites when I saw a body half buried in the sand under the water. It took me most of the morning to get a rope on him and haul him out of the water. That's when the left ankle and the great toe got broken off. Uh-huh. I didn't have a wagon then, so I hauled the body above the high water line and reburied it in the sand, carefully marking the spot. Then I thought, as soon as I can get some money to buy an outfit, I'll start a show. And for more than a year and a half, I didn't say anything to anybody about him. Not till this spring did I get enough money for a wagon and another horse. And here I am with my petrified man. I just wish I knew who he was when he was alive. Now, this guy hid the petrified man. Yeah, for a year and a half. Okay, and then he decided to go get him. Right. Cause he All by himself? Yeah. yeah. 300-pound dude? He may have taken some help at that point, I I would think. I would think think so. Well, interest in Dunbar's curiosity continued to run high, and he supposedly refused an offer of $5,000. Somebody offered him $5,000. For the petrified man. And it was somebody that wanted to take him back to Europe. Without a foot. Yeah. But he sold the petrified man to a guy named Miles, who was actually a uh, Livingston, Montana politician, businessman. And actually, Miles was the nephew of General Nelson A. Miles. You've heard of him before. Yeah, from the Custer campaign. Uh, And he arrived in Montana territory with the U.S. Army in 1880. But he didn't particularly like being in the Army, so he went out on his own. So he's the guy that bought the petrified man. Okay. Now, Miles, 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 yeah, he added a bit of humanity to this marvel by placing him in an open pine coffin. You know, that looked a little more respectable, right? So uh-huh. hereafter, the petrified man traveled in the coffin and often appeared without being removed from the box. And in this manner, Miles opened for business in Livingston, Montana, up there, in a vacant building. Did they just leave him in the wagon? No, they put him in this pine box. Oh, I know, but did they leave the pine box in the wagon? No. This dude is not exactly your skinny mini. No. He's kind of like Fat Ole. Right. No, they put him in a building. They they had a special building in, up there in Livingston. Oh. Okay. So townspeople barely could control their enthusiasm, and at, again, 25 cents a head, Miles' daily receipts never dipped below $60, $60 a day. So Dunbar made a lot of money on him. Now Miles And is, now Miles is making a killing off of yeah. him, so to speak. Yes. Okay. Now Miles rapidly developed a plan to capitalize on this local uh, uh, phenomena. He contacted a guy by the name of Dr. William F. Cogswell, mm-hmm. and he asked him to examine the specimen. Okay, examine. So, so a doctor's going to look at yeah, this right. petrified man. So here's his report, Dr. Cogswell's report, quote, 
I have examined the body under the lens of a microscope, which magnifies 800 times, and the nerves and veins could be plainly traced in the particles of formation chipped from the body. So evidently they chipped a few pieces off of the body. Okay. You're, you're losing me somewhat <laughs> here. <laughs> so, the, and here, here we go. He keeps going. He says, the features are clear-cut and natural. So natural, in fact, does the entire body appear that a person knowing him as an animal could not fail to recognize him as a mineral. Mineral? A petrified rock man. Let me keep going. He says, I would estimate that the man was between 30 and 35 years of age Uh when he died. You have here a rare and nearly perfect specimen of mineral man. Long may you enjoy his interesting and profitable companionship. Without a left foot. Without a left foot. So, Miles, he kept on going. He was exhibiting the remarkable man in western Montana. Now, this, wait a minute, petrification. Let's talk about that a little bit. You're not talking about being frozen in ice. You're talking no. about being petrified. Yeah, like, like a tree in California, hard. rock uh, redwood. Right, and I, I don't know how that happened. And maybe some of our scientific listeners can tell me. Uh, but as I finish the story, you'll be able to know a little more about okay. how long he was out there. All right. So anyway, so he went to western Montana, eastern Washington. Uh, he published endorsements of other physicians and the testimonials of Butte doctors. There were five Spokane medical men uh, that authenticated the curiosity. And again, it was grossing thousands of dollars at the Eastern Washington Fair. They took him to the fairs and everything. Well, sure. I mean, you got this petrol. At 25 cents a pop. Right. In those days, that was, that was a lot. good money. And they probably lined up, you know. So anyway, the petrified man appeared in Helena, uh, Montana, where a Dr. Edwin S. Kellogg examined him. And, here's, and he had x-ray. Okay. So here's what he said. Dr. Kellogg certified that he had examined the body with an 18-inch discharge high-frequency x-ray apparatus. He found its internal organs intact. Since no bullet could be discovered in the skull, Dr. Kellogg speculated that the forehead wound had been caused by an arrowhead, which then had dislodged. So they figured he died by, you know, an arrow to the head. And this is really legit. Yeah. Yeah. So you've got, what, almost a dozen doctors here saying, yeah, this is the real deal. Okay. Now, a short Western tour proved so financially successful that Miles uh, actually formed a stock company. They actually formed a company. Over a dead guy? Yeah, over this, and they called it the, get this, they called it the Montana Wonder Company. <laughs> you wonder why. Montana Wonder Company. You so, know, in the old days, they made money off of things that we forgot about today. Oh, yeah. So the local newspapers uh, reported that the Montana Wonder Company issued $26,000 in stock certificates and that the Montana people just rushed to buy them because they wanted to, you know, make a little money. Part of this dead guy? Yeah. Yeah. So, and actually, Miles then authorized the Montana Wonder Company to obtain an insurance policy on the petrified man. According to its well-publicized terms, the company would collect $5,000 if the petrified man was damaged in shipment, stolen, or lost. But they would assume the risk of not having to pay anything, even though they knew he didn't have a left foot. And he was dead. And he was dead. (laughs) (laughs) Pretty much. (laughs) Well, Miles was doing so well, he planned on an extended trip, uh, figured... uh, Produce a lot of money for him. And uh, when he displayed the petrified man in Butte, Montana, the, he was uh, there. And a very inebriated miner 
approached the casket and gasped and shouted, quote, well, I'll be darned. That's not what he said. It's like... <laughs> you changed the... Well, I'll be darned. Yeah. <laughs> and this is what he says. He says, it's the general. God what? rest his soul, it's the general. And Miles said, what general? And he says, why, it's General Meager. Meager. M-E-A-G-H-E-R, Meager. Yeah. Okay. So that's the first rec- uh, identification. So of this guy knew him. Yeah, that's what he is saying. But the, the, it gets a little muddy here later. I'll, okay. I'll tell you that. Right. But uh, So through early December 1899, Montana newspapers discussed the possibility that the petrified man could be, in fact, the remains of that renowned Irish patriot, Civil War leader, and actually the acting governor of Montana territory uh, could be this General Meager. Okay. Now, ta- did he have a face and everything? Yeah. Or? Oh, yeah. He was a full body, just missing that foot. <laughs> yeah, I forgot about that. <laughs> so, but the tale speculated that Meager either stumbled, dived, or was pushed over the rail of a steamboat. So he was on a steamboat going down the Missouri and somehow fell or got pushed or whatever off. The boat. Okay. Okay. So the explanation of the origin of the petrified man proved kind of a stroke of genius because not only could the curiosity tap the legend of a nationally recognized Irish hero, but it could also trade on the still unsolved mysterious date death of this governor. You know, how did he die? Why did he die? And how did he have a hole in his head? Well, uh, my question would be, uh, what caused the petrification? And that's still, I don't know. I don't know. But the only thing I can figure is that he was in there long enough and in the sand or the water. I don't know. The combination of things. Don't go swimming on the 4th of July. <laughs> no. So anyway, there's an exhibit. Uh, they started east in late December 1899. And when they displayed the petrified man in Billings, Montana, here comes the aged mountain character, Liver Eaton Johnson. Do you remember him? I, well, John yeah. Johnson? Jeremiah Johnson. The old Robert Redford movie, yeah. Jeremiah. Well, he was a real guy, you know, Johnson. Yeah. Uh, so he was kind of getting old at this time, kind of at the end of his legendary career. And anyway, a group of his friends were uh, taking him to a hospital. Now, this was about 1900 then. Yeah, close to, yeah, 1899, right in there. Wow. So anyway, uh, they'd arranged uh, to take old Liver Eaton Johnson down to Los Angeles because he was getting old. But, yeah. you know, they... Uh, Paid their two bits and entered the room where the petrified man was, and Johnson was with him. And here's what he said, and I'm going to quote this exactly. Oh, I bet you quote, are. Hully gee. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not kidding. Hully gee, I knew that fellow 25 years ago. That's Antelope Charlie. Oh, and, wait a minute. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I thought you said it was a general. Well, okay. This is what Johnson is saying. Oh. He's saying that's Antelope Charlie. And a crowd gathered around him, and Liver Eaton Johnson continued. Here's what he said, and I'm going to quote him, too. Yep, that's my old partner, Antelope Charlie, as sure as I'm a foot high. We were the bunch that was working out of Fort Benton, trading whiskey with the Indians for furs. One day I fitted Charlie out with 10 gallons of whiskey and a wagon, and he went off down the Missouri to collect furs from the wild pigeons. But I told him not to go as far as the 25 miles downriver to Eagle Creek because the gross ventures and the pigeons were camped there, and I knew they would kill him. But Antelope Charlie never came back. 
We made up an expedition to scour the riverbanks, but we didn't find anything but some burned wagon wheel rims at the mouth of Eagle Creek. Now I finally have solved the mystery of his disappearance, one of the last mysteries that was nagging at me. Yep, that's Antelope Charlie right there in that casket. Now you really got me confused. Okay, so we've got two people. We've got a general and, and we've got a, a mountain man. Yeah, so we've got two people claiming to know who this guy is. Yeah. So anyway, so anyway, is this uh, identification uh, of the petrified man kind of played through the Montana press? Most reporters tended to kind of dismiss uh, Livery and Johnson's story, uh, particularly since Miles increased his publicity linking the Stone Wonder with the general, General Meager. Uh, and after all, Lever Eaton Johnson had kind of, he was getting older. His health was failing. He was leaving Montana, and they kind of ignored what Couldn't he said. Couldn't they tell a little bit about the guy uh, with the clothing that he had on? I don't know. He may. I, I mean, think about it. I, I, yeah. And maybe there wasn't any. I don't know. Oh, don't go there. I won't go don't there. Don't go there. We've talked about that before. We're yeah, not going buddy, there. don't go there. Anyway, so, you know, they said people will pay to, pay to see a stone man who is a general, but they not, may not pay to see somebody named Antelope Charlie. Well, you know, Antelope Charlie, yeah. so, not as famous. Anyway, Miles and his associates, they worked diligently to kind of squelch the Liver Eaton Johnson story, and they proceeded with the Eastern Tour. They were going to head back east, uh, and they publicized heavily that this was General Thomas Meager, and, however, the, the endeavor kind of proved financially not so successful. Back east. Yeah, not so good at tennis. Back, they went to St. Paul. They went to Chicago. They went to New York. And by the time they got back there, it just didn't carry the same weight. And, anyway, he eventually ended up back in Livingston, Montana. And Miles, uh, for a while, he would show the petrified man once in a while in county fairs. Uh, but within a few years, uh, he lost all interest. And uh, it was in a warehouse up there in Livingston for quite a while, uh, just after World War One. So now we're talking in the 1900s. Uh, a guy offered him $500, and he took it. And the buyer sold him to another guy, and finally he was lost track of. And so somewhere out there, Zeb, there's a petrified man laying somewhere in a warehouse or You're kidding somebody's me. garage. They don't know where no. somebody's got him up in the attic? Somebody's got this guy. Holy smokes. They really lost him? They lost this guy, you know? Maybe some of our listeners can fill me in. I want everybody to take the time to go yes. up the stairs to your attic, and if you've got a dead guy that's petrified <laughs> laying up there, give us a call. Miss, missing a foot. Missing a left foot. Yes. Yeah. And I would be really grateful to hear of anybody that knows about this guy. Now, you're serious about this. I am absolutely serious, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and the sad thing is, Miles was off, often at one, offered at one time $7,000, and he wouldn't take it. Um, and, you know, ended up... And selling. so the last known residence of this dead guy that's was, petrified... Was in Livingston, Montana. Livingston, Montana. Now, I would assume... I mean, you just don't pack a corpse with you everywhere well, you go. not one that weighed that much. Or, 300 pounds. I know, mean, fat Ole, for heaven's sakes. You know, maybe he's a... Uh, you, you've seen these garden gnomes out in people's gardens. Oh. <laughs> you don't think he's out there in somebody's I wonder yard. maybe if I should call Vicky's Country Gardens well, and see if know. he's over there. Yeah. Maybe he scares the crows away. Well, I'm going to go up through Montana here in a, this summer sometime. Maybe I'll I'll do some checking. What would you do, honestly, to dispose of a uh, corpse? Well, that's what he was. Uh, uh, you know, and I really hope somebody out there 
can fill us in on this. I This might be like a to... new twist to the Zeb at the Ranch. Find Antelope Charlie. And if we can find him, we can bring him right here to your ranch, mm, put him out in the shed. I don't think so. You can charge 25 cents. Well, that's not enough today with inflation. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> but no, seriously, I mean, you just can't lose something like that. Well... You wouldn't think. You know, it's not like losing a quarter or a dime or something. Yeah, but you're talking about a 5'8", 5 foot tall, 8 inch tall, uh, 5'8", 300-pound dead guy. Yeah. I mean, you just don't pack him away somewhere. Well, I can't imagine. Maybe you do things at your place differently than I do. Well, another thought, I wonder, you know, maybe they just... Maybe they buried him. him. Well, or maybe they put him in, knocked him in pieces and gave... Pieces away to people. I don't know. That's, oh, you are gross. I know. Well, I'm just thinking of the possibilities. Uh, but but really, you know what? Probably you're right. Probably I'm going to say the most logical thing is somebody buried him. Out of decency. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe he's in a cemetery up there in Livingston, Montana. Can you imagine sitting at a bar and you look over in the corner and there's Antelope Charlie looking at you? <laughs> Holy smokes. Well, I'd like to know what caused the petrification. I would, too. What well, You're a I'm, doctor. I'm what causes in, that? I'm going to look into that because I don't know why being buried in sand for I don't know how long would cause... A petrification of a, of a. He was buried in sand. Well, he, they say he fell off the boat or got pushed. If off there's the boat. anybody out there in the audience that knows all about being petrified, <laughs> call us. <laughs> yeah, I'd appreciate any scientific help on this one. I have never heard that story before. Well, it's true. It is true. It's not on the internet. It's in this book right here. Okay, well, I think what we should do is lead a somewhat uh, of a charge to find out what happened to Antelope Charlie. Or or General uh, Meager. uh, Meager. Yeah. Yeah. I'll be doggone. I'm going to do some checking. See what we can find out. Well, first we've got to find out what causes somebody to be petrified. Right. And then we've got to find out where's Charlie. I mean, we ought to start bumper stickers. Yeah. What happened to Antelope Charlie? Well, I think he was long gone. I think this is the general. You do? I, I kind of... Oh, you do. don't think that uh, don't Jeremiah think... Johnson was right? Well, he was in the 70s. His Boy, that's going to turn Robert Redford right on his ear. <laughs> he was in the 70s. He was older. Who knows? I don't know. Well, maybe some of our members of the audience might know. Yes. And, and if they do, uh, just send me an email, zebatheranch at hotmail.com. And they can go to my doctorhistory.com webpage and uh, send me a message. Yeah. Inquiring minds want to know. Yes, and Livingston, okay. Montana especially, I want to know. Okay. Well, I don't know anything about petrification. Is that really a word? I think it is, yeah. Oh, okay. Well, it's close enough. I know. I've been petrified a few times when I've seen, like, uh, uh, something that really scares yeah, me. Yeah, but you didn't freeze in place. No, I, I ran. <laughs> okay. But now I want you to give a full report on that next week. I'll see what I can Oh, you're do. not going to be here. No, next week. Going to be gone. Oh, the week after. Okay. I'll be petrified until you come back. (laughs) (laughs) Doc, thank you. You're welcome. Dr. History. Nobody does it like Dr. History. And we should be thankful for that. God bless you, man. Thank you.